Thunder Media. Welcome to Inside Motorsport. Tony Whitlock and Craig Ravel. And we're talking with Tony Quinn. It's post his accident. So, uh, unfortunately, he's in recovery. I suppose it gives you plenty of time, Tony, for sitting around and having a chat. Yeah, it does. And and I don't like it when you say, unfortunately, he's in recovery. It's a good thing that I'm in recovery. <laughs> <laughs> I totally the un- agree. The, un- the unfortunate bit would be if I wasn't in recovery, which I must admit um, Correct. was an option uh, during the, the first couple of days of... Um, in ICU, which um, was a very scary place to be, and I don't recommend it for anybody. I, like yourself, I didn't have a big accident, but I've had two stints in hospital in recent times, and uh, yeah, I, I one a five and the other one a six-week closure uh, uh, in the last sort of four or five years. So I know full well without the pain that you've had, but uh, it's not a place to be. Um, the great thing is that. Uh, um, you're certainly on the road to recovery. I, I like the 1%. Uh, uh, 300% will be the end of your journey, I suppose. But um, you're making good progress. Yes, I am. Um, uh, just uh, today, actually, um, we uh, went and got the crutches. So hopefully by next week, I'll be out of the wheel. Well, no, I'll be using the wheelchair and the crutches to um, get around. I basically have to learn how to walk again and put weight on my legs. My, my The lower half of my legs are half the size that they used to be. It's incredible how yeah. quickly your muscle mass, or whatever they call it, disappears, you know? Um, so, look, it's, uh, it's, a bit, it's been a bit of a shock. Um, obviously, you walk about and go about your daily business thinking that nothing's going to happen to you. Um, but when it does happen to you, it's a bit of a, a realisation that we are we are mortal after all. So it's, a, it's been a bit of a, a, a wake-up call for me. Um, and, you know, people say, what are you going to do? Well, at 65, I was always wondering when I would semi-retire or retire or whatever you know, whatever the word is, but I've definitely decided that I don't, I don't suit, I'm not good enough to be competitive anymore. Um, so I'll still drive a race car, but it won't be competitively. It'll just be um, because I want to do it. I, I've known you for over 20 years, Tony, and back in the, the pro car days in uh, wonderful GT category, which you, you then went and bought. Yeah. They must be something that you'll probably turn your mind more to now, GTs and longer race. Um, look, honestly, Tony, I'm, I'm, I'm not decided yet. Um, I've got an array of good race cars that I can race or take out and um, exercise, if you like. Um, I just think that, you know, counsel from my main man, Harry, is that we just want to enjoy ourselves uh, until we decide to stop altogether. Um, and so I can't, I don't really have a, a true picture of what that looks like. It will probably entail some overseas races that I haven't done already. You know, I might go to Japan and do Suzuka and Fuji or, you know, just stuff like that that we might just do 
just for the hell of it and because it's there, you know. And, um, you know, I, I think it's a it's a good way for me to, to bow out of the competitive side of it uh, and then take more interest in uh, my grandson, Ryder, who's stepping up um, into the sort of the sort of limelight, if you like, he's gonna. He fancies himself, so he may as well um, be out there doing doing uh, a good job. So um, you have a number of advantages over me, Tony. One of which is grandchildren. I don't, I have three children that have not delivered yet, but uh, maybe they won't. <laughs> but um, I haven't met Ryder, but I know of his exploits. Um, I've certainly seen him on track uh, in cars, in Aussie racing cars. Um, he is son of Kent, is that correct? No, he's the son of Clark. So Clark used to be... Oh, Clark. Um, right. Yeah, so Clark and I used to race the GTs and stuff. And Ryder came to the Nürburgring when he was three years old. And, you know, he's always been around the racetrack thing. Um, and so he came to me last year. He wanted to have a crack at racing the cars. And so I said, look, to be any good... You have to go and race the Formula Ford. I said, go and race the Formula Ford Queensland Series. If you win that championship, I'll put you into the Toyota Series in New Zealand, and you'll soon find out there. And he went and won the the Ford Series. Um, But then COVID uh, didn't allow the TRS Series to run. So then we agreed that he would run the Formula Ford Series this year. And he started Phillip Island, uh, had a bit of an unfortunate coming together, but he did the fastest lap of the weekend, um, which is a good sign. Um, And then he went off to Winton, I think it was, and he put it on pole. Never been to Winton before. And um, to put a Formula Ford on pole at a national Formula Ford round sort of makes you think, you got to have something going for you. <laughs> and then um, <laughs> he's, had a, yeah, he's had a couple of other uh, rounds. I think he sits sixth in the championship. But, and up at uh, Morgan Park this couple of weeks ago, he qualified sixth, finished second, second, and won the last race. So, look, I'm, I'm kind of pleased that he's doing quite well. Um, obviously, I, I know it's going to be an expensive journey for me. <laughs> um, but, look, I think if we do the New Zealand TRS series, he'll mix and mingle with some of the global youngsters and he'll get a fairly good idea of where he sits in the standings. And, look, he's, 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 not, he's a good kid and he realises that if he does do well, then he'll just settle down and make it his hobby and he'll be good at his hobby and get on with his career. So he's a good kid. But if he finishes in the top five or whatever, then I guess he has to continue on and try and make a career out of it. Tony, I did the series, not as a competitor, of course. I'm way beyond that sort of moment. But to do the five rounds back in 2020, it was just wonderful to see the young men there, to meet some fabulous kids who just have got all the speed and grace and the amazing yeah. thing is, of course, as you well know, you know, a quarter of the field in Formula One this year have done the Toyota Series, and that's an amazing statistic. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And I, I had the pleasure of, um, you know, talking to Lando Norris, 
when he won the New Zealand Grand Prix in the series. And so and Daniel Caveat and all those guys that come through that series, it's 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 really good. And that's what I said to Ryder. You know, like you'll get a very quick uh uh <laughs> it's a very quick test <laughs> to see how to see how good you are in the world uh, standings. And it's probably a little bit unfair, mate, because Ryder's only been racing for last year and this year. And he he goes to school, he's a captain in the school. Um, whereas a lot of the other kids probably race every second weekend, go-karts and everything else. So, But anyway, look, I think it's a great uh, great test for him. There you go. It'll be good. And, of course, uh, don't forget that three of the rounds will be at um, uh, one of my tracks. So, um, you know, um, it, it'll be good for me to be there and see how he does. I, I was thinking that very thing, that it's a wonderful uh, target for you to be back up around on your feet, maybe on crutches still, but to be up and around to to get to those first races in New Zealand in January then. No, absolutely, Matt. I'll definitely be up. In fact, I've told the physio uh, guy, Sam, that um, I want to drive into the office in October, you know, if not the beginning of October, the middle of October. Now, I'd have to tell you that he says, no, you won't, but I'm determined to prove him wrong, so... Um, um, we'll see how we go because my right foot is the one that's good like it's it's only broken the foot and it's quite uh, quite flexible now and I can move it about quite a bit and I'm figuring that I can drive an automatic car into the office so we'll see how we go I can only imagine that you have a few autos to choose from in the garage yeah, I mean, one of the favourite ones is the uh, Ghost Rolls-Royce, which is comfortable as well, which will make the trip easier. I've done very well in my life, and my father always told me that you haven't made it in life until you've got a Rolls-Royce. And he would always tell me that, knowing that I didn't really like them and I didn't want one. Um, but I had to get one before he passed away, and, and I love it to bits. I think it's the best car ever. Yeah, I've had a opportunity to drive a number yeah and they are very nice cars i do say i like the bentley more um, <laughs> but well i think they say that it takes uh, it takes 28 hours to build a bentley it takes 28 days to build a rolls royce now i don't know whether they've just got slower workers on the rolls royce line <laughs> but oh. um, that's what they say uh, what i am interested in is now that you're having this uh long period of uh, convalescing. How have you appreciated accessibility, being in a wheelchair and having mobility impairment? And what will that mean for how you look at your enterprises? And we've talked about three tracks in New Zealand and I can't keep up, at least one in Australia. Yeah. And how will you approach, you know, what you now know about getting around when you don't have the ability to, you know, bound up the stairs two or three at a time? Yeah, uh, I'm not sure that I'm going to have a a much different view. I've always had a view that uh, a good friend of mine in New Zealand said, if you ever think you're having a bad day at work, go and test drive a wheelchair. And it's always rung in my head that it would be so different, you know, being in a wheelchair. And um, the, one of the first things I did 
when I bought Queensland Raceway was to um, upgrade the disabled area, viewing area. And I, I always um, go out of my way, to be fair, um, if there's someone in a wheelchair or whatever. In fact, uh, one of the guys in the Holden Club that comes to QR, um, I kind of look after him in a special way. He's in a wheelchair, always has been. Um, and so I've been asked that question before, actually, and I, and I replied in the same fashion, that, you know, when you build stuff in our days, you have to uh, make allowances for disabled and access approach and stuff like that. So you're always bound by law to comply. Um, but I think, um, obviously, um, having experienced, uh, you know, eight weeks in a wheelchair and stuck in a bed, um, I just want to get out of it. And, you know, if you're not able to get out of it, um, you just have to adapt your life. And um, there's no doubt that, and I've, I've given this some thought, that if I was bed-bound or wheelchair-bound for the rest of my life, there's no doubt I would have triple eight engineering down here making all sorts of uh, apparatuses that would make life easier for me. You know, uh, I, I was lucky that my arms and neck and head are all perfectly fine. So I've got upper body uh, movement, which I can pull and push and adjust myself. So, you know, it hasn't been totally, um, you know, um, yeah, it hasn't been totally bad. I've been able to move about. And, of course, uh, I've improved. I say that I've improved 1% per day, uh, which some days means that you don't even know that you've improved. But at the end of the week, you seem to have improved 5%, which, you know, is, uh, is what I've been doing. Having tracks in Australia and New Zealand, how different is each track, each council having to manage their regulations? I, I'm mindful of the fact that on our sister program, Inside Motorsport, we spoke to Stephen White, the CEO of the Benella Auto Club, who, of course, has got Wakefield Park shut down now because mm. of a, a bit of a dispute there with local government. Mm. Yeah, look, these businesses are are usually owned by very passionate people. Um, they're not. They're not. I guess they're not a business in the true sense of the word. Um, you know, you, you can make you can have a much better business without owning a racetrack. Um, I'm not sure that. Uh, so, so how I've done it is I've I've made my wealth. Uh, in other businesses, and as I've uh, accumulated wealth, I've decided and chosen to buy racetracks because that's what I like doing, and I, I like uh, tidying them up and making them run efficiently. But if if you have to borrow the money to build it and then pay it back, it, it would be very very hard. And and so for me, it's been more of a pleasure than a business. It's been more of a hobby, if you like. But, you know, dealing with all the councils and authorities and stuff like that, you've got to, each track has to be dealt with in a different way. And I am a great believer in involved in the community that we operate in. And, for example, in New Zealand, um, we 
employ a social worker in each town that we're associated to uh, for all the primary schools that help uh, kids that are less fortunate. And that's been very well received. And that, that buys you some kudos in the local community. And if you look at Ipswich up here in Queensland, um, one of the first things I did when I bought the, the track was to uh, maintain all the drainage that had never been maintained for 15 years. And um, that was quite a big job that, that really you don't see, but it had to be done. Um, and when the rain, when the floods came, the track actually performed very well and didn't get covered in water, you know, like didn't get flooded. And so, of course, half of bloody Ipswich got flooded. And so I made a $100,000 donation to the Ipswich flood appeal. And, you know, I, I think, I think and not just to, to buy you kudos, because we had escaped uh, major damage and other people hadn't. Um, and I think you've got, to, you've got to work in the community that you're with. And as soon as you start arguing with the community, um, I think you're in trouble. With Pukekohe having its last hurrah this weekend, which of your three tracks would you nominate to be the best circuit for supercars to race on, not necessarily the one they might choose? Yeah, look, I'd have to say, unbiasedly, each and every one of them would contribute, would give a different show, but a, a really good show. I mean, obviously Highlands, one of the best tracks you'll ever drive on in one of the best tourist hubs. In, uh, it would be a marvellous holiday overseas trip for lots of um, the crews and teams and stuff like that. It would be a marvellous show. Uh, you go to Taupo. Taupo is in the middle of the North Island. Um, great for tourism. Uh, you know, they could do a great job there. They've had the A1GP uh, races there before. It's proven it can work. Um, so that would work as well. Hampton Downs is probably the most obvious um, track to use because it's close to Auckland. It's easy for everybody. Um, and it's just a stone's throw from Pukekohe. Um, but look, I think I think I would like to suggest to the V8s, they'll, they'll do whatever they think's best, but I would like to suggest to the V8s that they maybe mix it up a bit and maybe the first year do something at Hampton Downs because that's going to be the easiest thing to do. And then maybe think about mixing it up after that. If, if we can get the New Zealand Tourism Board uh, on board, which I'm half confident that we might, um, I think we could make the annual V8 jaunt to New Zealand something really special. Could you have a supercars round that was touring, as in going from one to the other, the other, and you only have them in each track once every three years? Yeah, you could. I mean, it's it's really up to them and their their sponsors and partners and what they want to do. Um, the the most the most well, in order of economic viability, it would go Hampden Downs, Taupo and Highlands. Uh, but then it depends on what you want to do and what show you want to produce. You know, I mean, Highlands is just such a pretty track. 
Um, and it's, it's whether you had, you know, a boutique round there that would be unique. Um, but that's going to take years to discuss and, and plan. And, uh, but, you know, I think if we start talking about things, I'm open to anything. I, I don't have to answer to anybody. So I can make quick decisions and, and I'm open to any sort of um, idea that people might have. With the escalating cost of freight, which, as we know, prices go up, they don't often come down. No. Does this highlight the fact that a North Island, South Island double header becomes the most financially viable way to do it? Yeah, look, I, I, oh, yes and no. Um, the easiest way right now is to just use the shipping lanes and ship them to Tauranga or Auckland and go to Pukekohe and then you're back again. You know, it's probably a three-week turnaround or four-week turnaround. Um, and that's economic. Um, the the air freight uh, business is going to get harder because the airplanes that they use are are, are being put out of service, I believe. Um, so, look, I think there's a lot to be discussed. Um, one thing's for sure: the Kiwis love the V8s. The V8s love going to New Zealand, and it's important for their their sponsors and partners that they do that, um, and I'm I'm certainly all in favour of them of them coming to New Zealand and hopefully they come to one of the tracks. It would be terrific to see a, a double header as has been mooted for a long time. I first went there in '96, Tony, when 12 cars went over. It wasn't championship, but they ran around at Pukekohe and then a week later at uh, Wellington and. Yeah. Uh, the crowd was extraordinary at both those venues. They didn't want to go home on the Sunday night at Pukekohe. They just kept on hanging around and hanging around. It was quite wonderful to see. You've made a number of new appointments. Greg Murphy's now got uh, a role to play at Hampton. Yeah, look, the, the the business side of the tracks, and, you know, we've now got three tracks. Um, the business side, the motorsport side, are two separate issues, if you like. I mean... Uh, each track has its own um, business model. Um, if you look at Highlands, it's it's basically a tourism venue that has racing 16 days a year, basically. It has a very strong membership model. And so that's what that is. Taupo is in the middle of the North Island. It's in a little infrastructure, and it's got a fantastic town of Taupo five minutes away. So it's a great place to go for is is just your you know your normal racetrack that's busy all the time you know um, so the business model of each track is different and that's that's a job in itself keeping them all uh, in line um, and then when we introduce uh, motorsport which is obviously the reason for having a racetrack uh, getting too much for Josie we felt that we were enough justice. Greg, for a uh, contract basis and just helping us out, um, it perfect sense. Um, he's joined, you know, with the TQ Fishing Board, and you know he's been a valuable member there. And then I think the conversation just expanded into, well, would you like to look after the motorsport side of of the business? And um, he's taken it on. I think I think he'll do a grand job. He's got marvelous 
Um, he's got a marvellous uh, weight of reputation in New Zealand. And, and I think it's a good thing for uh, all the competitors to know that we've got Greg Murphy in our corner. In, indeed it is. I totally agree with you. Having met Greg and his father when they first came to Australia back in the uh, mid-90s to do Formula Holden, it's a fantastic thing you've done in motorsport in New Zealand. And certainly there are an enormous number of people who are in your corner and well and truly uh, in there rooting for you to you know, see you back on your feet and back at the tracks. I imagine that you'll be watching fervently this weekend your uh, Fox TV to watch all the nuances from Pukekohe? Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, that's one of the things that I do um, probably 80% of my day is that I've got Stan Sport, I've got Netflix, I've got Binge, I've got Prime, I've got everything you can think of, Foxtel. Um, and so I, I sort of, I, uh, I've taken a liking, I have to say, to um, the American racing, NASCAR and Indy. I've taken a liking to that, and I watch that um, without, uh, without I, I don't miss a race. And um, I really quite like some of the stuff that they do, some of the simple stuff that they do. I, I think they do it well. Um, so I've been watching all sorts of rare, of course, Formula 1, 2, 3, and Porsche, and all that stuff that's on TV. I've been catching up with it all. So um, it's, that's been you know, a, a benefit of lying in your bed for 16 hours a day or 20 hours a day. I first went to Tarpo um, in 1957, Tony. Yes, I am older than you, so I'm one of, one of those blokes who <laughs> say, young fella, get back on your feet quickly. <laughs> I will. Thank you. I will. I'm trying. And you're telling me about Ryder uh, being at Nürburgring when he was three years old. Uh, I can't top that age, but at five years old, my father took me to Silverstone and I saw Sterling Moss race in 1956. So yeah, I know yeah. well how motorsport can get into your blood. Yeah, no. It, it, and, you know, like without, without any uh, influence or pushing, um, he's, he's always liked it. He's always liked coming to the track, so that's a good sign. And, you know, without putting, of course, you know, this is grandfather talking, you know, um, I, I hope that he does well. And if he doesn't do fantastic, he'll do well enough to enjoy the sport, which is important. Tony Quinn, thank you so much for joining us on Inside Motorsport. It's been wonderful to talk to you and to hear you, and I knew that your spirit would be slightly dimmed but not out. And uh, very pleased to hear that you'll be heading off to New Zealand. I hope to be there as well to see Ryder competing amongst all those young people from around the world in the Toyota Race Series. Fantastic, Tony Quinn. We look forward to catching up with you. Maybe Bathurst, even. Ah, maybe. I'll see. If it is, I'll have to drive the roller down there. (laughs) Thank you, Tony Quinn, for joining us on Inside Motorsport. Thank you, guys. See ya. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.